Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Spin FL. What's up, y'all? John the Rollins. Give me Sarah. Two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. I'm loving the pause. <laughs> I like this new wrinkle that you're bringing to it. I really, really like it. We're always trying to improve here at SvenFL. Uh, and, and amidst my uh, depression, <laughs> <laughs> my NFL depression, I had to come up with something. And I uh, felt like this was the thing, man. Keep trying to improve on our production as I... Uh, become a worse fan right of my team because i'm ready to jump ship but that's besides the point i guess we'll dig into that a little bit later uh how you doing brother yeah i'm doing pretty good um i'm currently debating whether or not i'm gonna stay awake for the super bowl oh shit uh normally i well normally if my team's not in it i don't um i don't torture myself in that way uh, but this particular Super Bowl is so, you know, I hate to buy, they keep, I can't think of a better way to describe it. They've been saying this all week on NFL Network. It's it's fresh. It's new. It's, it feels very, this feels interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't remember the exact number, but it's like, oh, it's the first time in like blah, blah, blah years that it hasn't been Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger or somebody. Like it just, mm. you know, it's a new, you know, we got this whole Stafford versus uh, Stafford and Burrow and Burrow, and, and all these guys. You know, it's like it's kind of a it's a good fun. Point. It's a great Super Bowl for someone whose team isn't in it. You know what I, I mean? I agree, man. That's a good point. It's and then and it, it speaks to the parody of the league. Finally, you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> but I think the the other way of the, the same people being in also speaks to the parody. It's like the teams are the the little bit of edge is quarterback coach you know what i'm saying you know what it's had me thinking about quite a bit this week too is we like to we make fun of like a guy gets a job just because he knows Sean McVay yeah you know what i mean but it, i've been thinking about this a little bit and i'm like that is sort of low hanging fruit as far as like something to pick on but th- this yeah. Mc, this McVay tree is actually um it's certainly better than the Belichick tree uh, that's true right I mean, That's because true. you got Zach Taylor comes from the McVay tree. He used to be an assistant in, mm-hmm. for the Rams. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm just saying, it's like... Staley over there <laughs> did, did well for the Chargers. And the thing, I, I don't... This is not necessarily the deep dive that I want to get into this morning, but... <laughs> Isn't this guy from the from the uh, McVay tree? Each each individual, each individual <laughs> coach, each individual Maybe. player, each or was he in, from in the Belichick? building. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll, but I guess I'll if you're going to talk about the McVay tree, you also, I mean, it really should be the Shanahan tree, no? Oddly enough. Kinda. I mean, McVay worked under Shanahan yeah, in Washington. I don't know. It feels like two trees that were growing next to each other, don't you Yeah, think? that's true. That's true. Maybe it's a bush <laughs> instead of a tree. <laughs> it's all from the older Shanahan bush. It's from the... It's from the, my, from uh, Mike Shanahan. It's like a shrub that grows <laughs> out instead of up, Right. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it should be a bush. Maybe. <laughs> Everybody loves bush. Yes. <laughs> um as they say, uh you tricked me once. <laughs> shame on shame on me. You, you're not gonna trick me. <laughs> George, uh, he had one of the coolest presidential mo as much as I did not like um George W. Bush, he had a dope one of the dopest presidential moments of all, all time when that dude tried to throw a shoe at him and he ducked mm. and he popped up smiling. Yeah, yeah. That was... That's my favorite. I was movie. like... Two shoes. Hey, respect. He dodged both shoes. I was like, that's... Because the, the gifts only show one, but he dodges two. He's like, oh, oh, oh. He's here like, come, look, here and he comes up one. with that little grin on his face like, ha, yeah, ha, ha, ha. He tried to get me, huh? You missed me. <laughs> Fucking terrorists. Fucking terrorists in the media. <laughs> 
Yeah, he that thought, was nice. <laughs> he thought he was in a dodgeball game. That's how dumb he is. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, it's it's the last week. Uh, I'm I'm gonna get a step and watch the game. That's come on. That's obvious for me. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Get my food right. Right. And and celebrate, man. Watch Are people coming over? I think we're gonna go to uh, you going Martin's somewhere? studio. Oh, nice. You should come through, man. We'll see. All right. We're we'll gonna see. be drinking and snacking. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> that wasn't enough. Well, this is the I the mean, problem I've is ma- how long the game ends up being. This is too. the mistake that I've made. Um, Your daughter's team is there. I know, and she's debating whether or not she's basically putting it all on me. She's saying I'm gonna stay up if you stay up. She's 18. Yeah, I know. There's no reason she shouldn't be. She could probably stay up and then go to work the next day. She has school the next morning, but it's she doesn't start until like I don't know, eleven or twelve. Take or a little power nap. I think the Super Bowl should be on Saturday. Personally, hell no! You can't have a full season of games on Sundays and then have Super Bowl Saturday. Yeah, but then you have all Sunday to recover. You I, have I think, all Sunday to recover. No, but I'm everybody. not even talking about me. I'm talking about people in the states too. Wouldn't they rather get shit faced on Saturday and have all Sunday to recover so that they the game's over like ten o'clock in the states? Yeah, it's not like it's that late. That's true. It's not like it's a fight, like a boxing match. God, it would be so nice to go home to watch the Super Bowl. That's what we got. I wake do. up some days and I fucking I'm so sick of this place. Like I'm ready to. Uh, I need a break. I need a uh, Swedish break. No offense to you Swedes, but I've been stuck here for yeah. Two years without Corona being able it, to yeah. go home yeah. and and get my batteries recharged. Yeah. I'm fucking over it. I'm finished. I'm ready to get back to. It. I always said that if I um, my team goes, I don't have a team right now. But if my team, if my theoretical team were to make it to the Super Bowl, right, then I would go and uh, and watch live. But I don't know if that's possible anymore. Woo! It's expensive, bro. It's, wow, this is like I'm starting to like. I'm getting turned off by the NFL, man. The game is so great. Cheapest, cheapest ticket is like six grand. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like, they're not making enough money. A kid can't go to a game from a middle-class family. Mm-mm. You can't. No, not a chance. Mm-mm. So you're going to have, what, snobs all around? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, man. It's, Crazy. it's so gross, man. It's like, it's like I have a, I don't know if you know this, but I have a, a I have like a no Disney rule. Oh, I did not know that. And like, I'm not going to Disney World. Okay. I will not go to Disney World because at the rate of inflation, a ticket to Disney World should be around 50 bucks right now. Mm. And it's like $200. Wow. Like, it's so fucked up. That's crazy. A ticket in, um, I might be wrong about this with the number, but it's around here. Mm. And when I was born, 1982, a mm. ticket was $27, I believe. Mm. <laughs> and now it's 200 mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. I remember they used to, when I was a kid, they would let you into Six Flags if you brought an empty Coke, Coke can. Oh, wow. Like, that was like, oh, you bring an em- empty Coke can and... Uh, well, and Six Flags isn't even... They're not and I was even... like, I don't understand how that... What, <laughs> it's a weird promotion. I mean, they figure you're going to spend money when you get in the park anyway, I guess. And then when you get to Disney World, everything's expensive in the park. Oh, yeah. After paying $200 to get in, you got to pay $20 for a turkey leg. And fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? How's this? How's this not just corporate greed? It's insane, mm. man. Yeah, it's intense. You own Star Wars, you own Marvel, you own ESPN, you own ABC. You can't have a park for the kids, <laughs> you know. What I'm mm. The one place where you can go see Mickey Mouse, right? Now you gotta if you want to see it on TV, you gotta pay for Disney Plus. Yeah, are you kidding me? So that's why I'm like, man, fuck it. I'm sorry, man. I'm so not if you win the, the Super Bowl and they ask you, what are you gonna do next? What's your answer? I'm going to say- Bush Gardens. <laughs> I'm going. To- that would be hilarious. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. You're on ESPN. <laughs> you say that. I'm going to Bush Gardens. <laughs> Well, they take turns. Thankfully, they take turns on the channels. That's hilarious. So it's not just ABC every year. That'd be so annoying. But yeah, huh. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to. I do go to Bush Gardens. I went there years ago. That's the spot. Mm. Anybody think about going to a theme park in the U.S.? Go to Bush Gardens. That's the one, man. Mm. You can you can get some. Well, I mean, or you could always go to Colonial Williamsburg. 
that's a nice spot where they dress up in old time <laughs> clothes and you know I, yeah, somewhere man. outside of Washington D.C. I forget nothing I like nothing there. like time travel for black folks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That would oh, be the man. worst theme park ever. Ooh, 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 who could I be? Who could I be? You're the slave. <laughs> you can only be one thing. What is this blanket you're putting on me? It's syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> you are Tuskegee Airmen. <laughs> wow. Louis C.K. has a joke that uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, as a white male, he can time travel whenever and be okay <laughs> he's like, only he can he's like only you know as a, as a white woman you can't do it as a black man you definitely can't do it you know but that's a good point <laughs> he's like, if you ask a black guy travel, you want to go back in time or you want to go forward <laughs> no, definitely forward <laughs> yeah not bad no. <laughs> forward you'd probably still be disappointed god damn is it still like that god damn <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh fuck uh Fuck the uh, yeah, fuck Disney. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of news happened since the last time we uh, were in your ear holes. Um, so we figured we would run through some of that. A lot of yeah. coaches got hired. Yes, uh, congratulations to all of the diverse. Uh, yes, um, coaches. Oddly enough, we haven't even. You know, the last time we we did an ep- we did we only did one episode last week, and and when yeah. we did that. Um, the Tom Brady scenario was still like kind of up in the air, mm-hmm. but unless you've been sleeping under a rock, it's official. Obviously, he's he's, re- he's retired. Yeah. Uh, a lot was made of the fact that he didn't mention the Patriots, <laughs> which uh, I thought was, you know, whatever. Fuck the Patriots <laughs> if they want to. He did about a goodbye that. to them. I mean, he did later, but I think no. I'm, was- no, I'm saying he did a goodbye to them when he left. What more do they want? Yeah, but he, he did. I mean, I, I can understand how some of them might have been upset. He released this like six page retirement letter on Instagram and he, yeah. he thanked the Bucks. He thanked the Bucks fan. He went out of his way to thank the Bucks fans, the Bucks coaches, the Bucks players, the Bucks, the boom, boom, boom. And it just never mentioned. He kept thinking he was going to come around to mentioning the Patriots and never did. Uh, Robert Kraft apparently had a temper tantrum. As reported from in the building. Uh oh. Did all um, of the uh did all the masseuses like cower in fear? Yes. <laughs> it was like a full on evacuation of anyone <laughs> Ejaculation. With, uh <laughs> anyone with a vagina just ran from the building as if it were on fire. No! <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, he retires with a shitload of records. He's a great quarterback. I'm glad he's gone so that he can't torture my team anymore. Falcons never beat him. I think we're ten and zero against Brady, all wow. time or something like that. Uh, so that sucks. He tortured your team a lot, obviously, because you're in the same division. I wouldn't say tortured. Miami. Uh, I mean, you guys somewhere. got him. We got at him sometimes. We got at him pretty good, but he, he has a pretty good record against you guys. Um, I I am not gonna sit here and grapefruit Tom Brady for the next half an hour. I would never do that. Uh, Shout it, out to him though. He's a really decent quarterback. He's. <laughs> Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a fuck. (laughs) 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 That's my that's that's my sentiment for no, I'm just kidding, man. Yeah. All respect. Uh I don't it might have changed the game too, man, what he did. It it raised the bar and these guys, these uh Joe Burrows and uh Justin Herberts and mm. whatever can look ahead like maybe I could do this for twenty five years. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, and not only that, like I mean, the one part of Brady's story that I feel like you know y- you can't help but be impressed by is you know this guy essentially made himself out of nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he, he even all the way back into his college days, like he was like a you know, number five or six on the depth chart in Michigan and managed to work his way up, drafted 199th overall. Everyone knows that story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's, he, you can't help but, but respect that. I know I said I was going to do it. You like the... Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> You're like, I, I normally don't do fuck this. Fuck that guy. <laughs> 
I don't usually do this, but I'll... <laughs> I don't usually put my mouth around the cock of Tom Brady, but apparently I just slipped up. And that's how he does it. He's so handsome. He's one of those guys. Yes. The next thing you know, it's like, well, I came in here ready to criticize him. And next thing I know, his fucking dick well... is in my mouth. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It's like, well, you know, he's really funny on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Which he was. One of the best uh, sketches on Saturday Night Live was with it. it was a sexual harassment video. Have mm-hmm. you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Where he's just like, he can do whatever he wants because he's Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, let's move on to the coaches. Um, <clears throat> we can do these somewhat in order. Um, and we're obviously going to get to the Brian Flores thing. Later, uh, but we'll start by talking about the Giants, who hired Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dayball as their new head coach. Um, oh, that Brian. Yes, that <laughs> Brian. Yes. Uh, I think that's – I don't know if Dayball's going to be a good head coach. Well, the announcement was made by Joe Schoen, the, the Giants' new GM, who also happens to be the former Bills assistant GM. Mm-hmm. So patterns, people, you just got to look for them. They're all – they're there. They're all mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Um. He's obviously getting a lot of credit for, um, you know, turning Josh Allen around. Um, yeah. But then his first press conference was really funny. He was like, yeah, I think there's a lot to like uh, with Daniel Jones, to which I was like, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually a little surprised that, that he's going to, he's really going to come in and think, I mean, I guess it makes sense to a certain degree, like. Maybe you hang on to Dan. It doesn't cost you anything to hang on to Daniel Jones for a year. Um, yes, give uh, him one more year to f- give him one more year to fail. They're never going to blame Brian Dayball for another year of failure, right? right? And then you can hope that a better quarterback becomes available either in free agency or in the draft next year. Is Jones that much different from like you could you could use Jones in a similar way as sure. Josh Allen? I don't think he has the same. Based on just watching nobody, him play, Josh Allen is one of a kind. Though I, I don't think, I don't think Daniel Jones has the potential to rise to the level of Josh Allen. I did not say that, but what I'm saying is he yeah. could be Josh Allen light. Like you could, you could. You How could, does that solve your problem? <laughs> it doesn't solve your problem, but it improves your team, and you can see what you got. Sure. And not lose every goddamn game. You know what I mean? Like they had no direction. Sure. Before. True. So he can like craft uh, a. Uh, an offense around a similar kind of similar Buffalo type offense. Right. And Daniel Jones can move. That's part of his allure of him. Was He's really he good at running. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that last year. He can pull off uh, some, uh, <laughs> some of that, some of the, the making the defense at least think a second more or half a second more before they commit. Right. And that helps. I don't I, know. We'll I, I think Dable is going to be a, uh, it's not going to be that, it's not going to work out for him. Sorry, Giants fans. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I could be wrong. I've been wrong twice since we started this podcast. Only twice. Yeah, that's it. It's a pretty good record. Yeah. Uh, I was wrong about. I said we should. We're going to go to barbecue next week, and I we didn't go. Right. And I was wrong that one time when I said that uh, the uh, the Chiefs are going to win Super Bowl. Weren't over, you wrong about? Nope, you, nothing else. Weren't you wrong about nothing Zach Taylor? Nothing else. Weren't you wrong nothing about Zach Taylor? Else. No, I'm not wrong about Zach Taylor. <laughs> Well, what about Josh Allen? <laughs> fool's gold. He's fool's gold. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Jesus. I said Cam Newton career. You know? Okay. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Give me 10 years. Moving on to the Raiders, who hired Patriots Director of Player Personnel Dave Ziegler what? as their new GM. Who? And then they went oh. back for the double dip, and they got former Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels uh, had a stint as head coach in Denver, where he barely, <laughs> yeah, where he is most known for drafting Tim Tebow, bringing him into the league. Uh, they went. They beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Yeah, he's also known for being fined fifty thousand yep. dollars for illegally filming the 49ers prior to their game in London. I'll give you one guess where he learned that tactic. <laughs> uh, on top of that, he is also known for walking away from a handshake deal the night before a press conference was scheduled to announce him as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts back in 2019. Yep, which led to the assumption that he would never be offered a head coaching job ever again. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one guess which racial category he does not belong to. 
There's no way a black coach could do. It. That's when we'll know that we're uh, that things are where they're supposed to be. When a black coach could do this shit and still get hired. You know what I mean? As a member of that the, should be the the I agree with you measuring stuff. But I will say this: as a member of the white race, uh, I'm really glad that he's getting a third chance to prove himself. <laughs> really happy that my people are getting that. Yeah, man. Um, Sometimes you gotta you gotta prove it, man. I think it's gonna be tough sledding. He's taking over the Raiders, knowing that he's gonna have to face Mahomes and Herbert twice a year. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about Rodgers winding up in Denver. I don't necessarily buy into that. But if he did, it's like, can you imagine facing those three guys? No. Twice a year? Yeah, he's going to – it's going to be uh, – I. we saw him in Denver. The only – I remember I was happy for him when he beat Belichick that, that game. He was, like, running up and down the sidelines with joy. Right. When they won that game, but – and didn't his career, didn't there, they sort of right dropped off a cliff yeah. right after that? But they also, uh, there was this, there's this uh, podcast called I Am Athlete. Mm. It's Brandon Marshall, Channing Crowder, it's a few uh, former NFL players. And they, they pretty interesting interviews and stuff from what I've seen. I don't listen to it regularly. Mm -hmm. But I saw a clip that was going around of, uh, damn, I can't remember what player, but there was a player from that team that was mm. talking about how much they were cheating. Mm. <laughs> and he was like, if we listen, I mean, Josh McDaniels didn't say we're cheating, but if he said, if we listen to what he said, if we did exactly what he said to do, mm. then it's like we knew they were play like we were in the right position at all times if you just listen to him. Wow. <laughs> He's like, somehow. He said, then it comes out that we were cheating. Uh, and he's like, oh, that's how he knew. Oh, that's Because they thought he was sense. like a fucking genius. They were like, damn, he's supposed to be an offensive coach. He's telling defensive player that this is going to be a comeback route. If you just stand over here in this zone, you're gonna they're going to throw you the ball. And then you do it, and the ball comes like, oh, shit, I got an interception. Wow. <laughs> he's that's like, man, he's such a great coach. But then uh, he knew the place. Wow. Uh, next coach, Jaguars announced hiring of former Eagles Super Bowl winning coach uh, Doug Peterson. Wow, I did not know this. Um, you know, it's oh. it's funny. This is a weird one because for a while it was it was looking like the Jags couldn't buy a coach. Yeah, uh, and if you believe the reports, it apparently had everything to do with the fact that they kept the GM on board after getting rid of Urban Meyer, this dude named Trent Baalke. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he survived the Urban Meyer madness. Uh, he also appears to be universally hated throughout the NFL coaching world. Oh wow! From his tumultuous time with the Forty ers yeah, he's the one that went up against uh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh definitely does not like this dude. He once referred to Trent Baalke's football knowledge as "quote not being enough to even blow up a balloon." <laughs> <laughs> you got to give it to these Harbaugh's, man. They love these guys, man. He's he had another good one it, this year. He was coaching <laughs> Michigan. He was talking about the head coach of Ohio State, and he was like, "That fucking guy." He didn't say fuck. He said that guy. He's one of those guys that was like, he's born on third base, and he thought he, he just thinks he hit a triple. Oh, It was like, shit. woo! <laughs> he's pretty good. I like him. I was hoping that he got another <clears throat> shot. Balky has a master of, uh, or has a reputation of being a master uh, at office politics with his lips permanently sewn onto the ass of the owner who employs him. Uh. Um, that that's That's sort of the word amongst, you know... That seems to be the way now, right? I guess, yeah. Um, Tell these rich guys what they want to hear. Whatever. I think Doug Peterson. I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. That's quite the improvement. I was surprised he wasn't uh, considered for other jobs. I don't know what happened. Well, right? the thing was, is that the Jags went through like. I mean, I think they went through like ten different interviews before they finally got to Peterson. Like a lot of. Oh really? I didn't. Th I thought people weren't going to interviews with them. No, they were going. But they were like, the rumor was is that everybody was like, like I want to be able to say in this meeting that I don't want to do this as long as Balky is the GM. But uh, I, how am I supposed to say that when Balky's in the right room? Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. And But I heard that the uh, maybe he still has his job because it was Khan that wanted um, Meyer most. Maybe. You know what I mean? Mm. So he probably was like, all right, let's get this guy. It's not his decision. Mm. So maybe that's why he still has the job. I really wish the worst for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I like Doug Peterson, man. Yeah. I like him. Something sure. about that dude, man. Um, now we're going to move on to your or 
Maybe not your Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. We're going to move on to the Miami Dolphins, who announced (laughs) that 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel will be their new head coach. Uh, This dude has been following Kyle Shanahan everywhere since way back in the Washington days. It's funny that um, (laughs) that I don't I don't know. I've been following the whole thing about this guy, and there's there's a lot of people that are really in love with him. Mm. And uh, the knock on him was like, man, he has he doesn't even call the plays. Mm. Like, what is so great about this guy? And then some people are like, well, he's been on so many teams. But then they leave out the point, the fact that he's been on so many teams following Shanahan around. Right. So it's not like he's been on different teams learning all of these different offenses. He's been on different teams with the same offense, using the same shit. And I don't know, man. I think Miami's probably going to get a nice running game. And well, uh, and he's also <laughs> been part of three separate Super Bowl or at least playoff meltdowns. Yeah, um, that's just what we need. You know, I mean, he he was with Shanahan in Atlanta uh, when we saw that epic meltdown. Tell me, he more was about with that. the Forty Niners uh, when they sort of came unraveled mm-hmm. um, in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, and and, and of course, and the, he's on the team this year as well. And the Forty Nineers came unraveled against Dallas, who shot themselves in the foot, and then he came unraveled right. Uh, in this last one against the Rams. We'll see. Uh, again, as I stated on the Facebook group, uh, he, besides being an offensive coordinator, uh, he is also a proficient violinist, according to his Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, and he bears a striking resemblance to my man, former Bulldog, uh, current Colts field goal kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship. So, Who was the talk of the town for one week mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about that hire yep. is Mike McDaniel mm-hmm. is a minority hire. Yes. Apparently his father is black. Mm-hmm. It was funny the way they report this. Uh, yesterday they were like, uh, it's important to note that um, Mike <laughs> McDaniel identifies as mixed race. I was like, identifies as mixed race? Is that really the word you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> he identifies. Like we're all like. You don't look mixed race. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just mean like the idea that you I'm somehow just identify. Yeah, it's just a weird word. Yeah. To, it's like they could just say he, he is. either is mixed race yeah, or he's it, not. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could technically identify as mixed race. I mean, I'm an American. Like, I have. It's crazy. It's going backwards. The 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 conversation about race is kind of going backwards, man. Mm, you think a little? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, man, they'd be like, "Oh, he's mixed. He light skinned right? He, he, or passing." He could be he could be considered passing because he could walk in a room and pass as a white dude, but he chooses not to. But it's like we ain't got to say he identifies with me. Come on, man! It's a, it's a mixed dude that look like a white dude. Just talk like why can't they talk like that? Sure, yeah. And and it counts for uh, the 49ers who get a um, a draft pick out of it exactly because they get a minority to get hired on as a an, um, a promotion. Uh, moving on to someone who does not look like a white dude, Lovey Smith. Got that? He looked like Santa Claus. He looked like Black Santa Claus <laughs> is now going to be the new coach of the Houston Texans. Um, Sad that this dude was out of the league for seven years. I like Lovey Smith. I'm down with his beard, of course, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Wasn't he the Rams DC? Mm, wasn't he? Maybe he was the Bears DC. No, he was the Bears too, right? head coach. Oh, I'm he was their head coach, right? But I'm talking about recently. He was the defensive coordinator. Oh, the Houston Texans. Mm. That's who it was. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to see if this is going to be another sort mm. of David Cully type no, situation. You can't do that to Lovey. Where it's just a bridge kind of thing. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, obviously, Brian Flores was up for this job. Um, I think they couldn't give it to him for obvious reasons because of the lawsuit. We're going to get into that in a minute. Let's move on to the Saints. Okay. Who are hiring their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, as their new coach. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Team's well known for the defense. This probably keeps the fans happy. Uh, yeah. They're still in salary cap hell. I uh, think it makes sense. But it's uh, it, it, it makes sense for now. We'll see. <laughs> um, your Saints hate is fun. I've watched your Saints hate <laughs> evolve. It's grown. Yeah. You know, which is a little annoying to me because I came into this yeah. trying to be... You were bothering uh, a fellow fa- Falcons like, fan. I like, I pride myself on being a fan 
who doesn't necessarily get dragged into the sort of toxicity mm-hmm. of of your average sports fandom. Um, I do, but you, I do as well. But these but these Saints fans do not make it easy. I'll tell you that. Um, Shout out! I love you, but I also hate <laughs> you at the same time. It's yeah. a love hate thing. I love your city, really. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we can move on. Uh, we can move on to uh, what can only be characterized as the worst-kept secret in professional sports. The Washington football team are now the Washington Commanders. <laughs> womp, womp, womp was more like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, it comes out. It comes out just like sputtered. And out. the rollout of this had to be the sloppiest yeah. and most ridiculous thing worthy of what is essentially seems like the seediest team in the NFL. Uh, Joe Theismann, you know, <laughs> blew the secret on a radio interview a few days beforehand. There was also like a helicopter. Uh, local Washington helicopter news thing that kind of zoomed in on the window and you could see all of the signage they had ready for the next day. It was like everybody already knew it was the commanders. Are they the dumbest organization in the league? They they might have to be, (laughs) honestly. Uh, And it happens on the heels of what is like just this uh, franchise just gets more disgusting by the minute. Well, they have a new owner, so it's... (laughs) Please. (laughs) Uh, so this story breaks about the same time as the new name victims of the Washington commander's sexual abuse scandal speak out before a congressional round table meeting. At least one of the allegations produced at this round table is a new claim that was not in the initial report that the NFL claims doesn't exist. This report, there's no physical report. Um, look, Here's here's the part that everybody needs to understand about this. The victims, they want their stories to be publicized. Mm-hmm. Even the ones who have asked to have their names kept anonymous. The NFL is obviously hiding something by claiming that the final results of their investigation cannot be shared publicly because they need to protect the victims. That's a bullshit excuse. Okay? They aren't releasing the po- the report that they say doesn't exist because they want to protect you know, not only these, these this particular predator, but they also want to protect all future potential predators who are part of this wealthy owner class, in my opinion. Mm. Um, <clears throat> on top of that, I, 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 I hate doing this because it makes me sound like a crazy conspiracy, conspiracy <laughs> theorist, but I'm still... Go, go in, Skip. I'm convinced that Dan Snyder knows something that the NFL doesn't want known. Like something big, probably something completely unrelated to this story, some dirty secret that just like the NFL just cannot have this be known because I cannot make sense why they're covering for this dude. He's clearly a disgusting piece of shit. (laughs) Based on what I've read, the fans hate him. The stadium's falling apart. He's broken multiple laws, both NFL and federal laws. Pushing this dude out of the league on paper appears to be like a win on every level. I think it's the owners, man, because they have to agree. That's that's where their hand, the NFL's hands are tied. But this is where I think it, it comes into play. There has to be. I've been saying this for a long time. And it, that, he's probably got dirt on the owners, not the the league. Sure, yeah, absolutely. They probably did stuff to get like. Who knows who those? You know, Robert Kraft got them pictures of the cheerleaders. Mm. Uh, when they were uh, taking, like, I mean, it could be goals. a lot of things. It could be like you know, like we were referring to Belichick and the you know taping other teams and 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 all that kind and of stuff. And then the like allegations that, against Stephen Ross that he was uh paying trying to pay a coach to lo- lose and then like Right. There's probably more of that going on in the league than they want to admit. If that gets out, especially with the relationship the, the NFL has with gamblers, with these gambling sites and all of this money that's coming in like that, that's the last thing they need. That and I'm glad you said that because that's pretty much where I wanted to go with this because that you know after you talk about you know, someone like Dan Snyder, it kind of logically brings you into this conversation about Stephen Ross. Um, the, look, this thing is is about to blow up big. You think so? Uh, and what I find kind of fascinating about this, especially like as soon as Flores announced his lawsuit, I mean, before the 
legal papers even had a chance to hit the desk, the NFL issues a statement that say that, you know, this lawsuit is completely without merit. And then within 48 hours, everyone's like, you haven't even looked at the claim. How can you say that they're without merit? And then suddenly a second release comes out claiming uh, Roger Goodell saying that progress on diversity with head coaches has been unacceptable. Yeah. It's like, okay, so they're without merit or it's unacceptable. What's going on here? Uh, how are you going to try to thread this needle? Yeah. Right? And then, of course, you know, I mean, we can... They're trying to say the right thing, but still have these shitty owners' backs as well. They're in a tough place. But the, uh, our boy, uh, Sean, mm-hmm. I was talking to him, and he's like, how did they... <laughs> he had a great point that I it just shocked me. Yeah. And, uh, I wish I had come up with it. But he said, how do does the NFL look into deflated balls for over a year? <laughs> and, right. and in seconds <laughs> shoots down uh, a coaching um, uh, atrocity or uh, like this uh, collusion against you know minority coaches. Mm. How does that get shot down faster than a fucking deflated balls? That's a great point. And <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, there's a new book out about, uh, or at least in part about Deflate Gate. Uh, but it's crazy. That shit went all the way to Congress. I know. And it also turns out that it may have not have... It turns out it might not have actually been true. About the deflating the balls? Yeah. Of course it might not have been. Well, I mean, well, I mean, Tom Brady throwing his phone away is one thing. Nobody's disagreeing with that, for sure. And um, I don't think... I'm not one of the ones that think that it helped them win in any way. No. But, I mean, the quarterbacks, they all got their weird quirks, and his quirk might have been, I want my ball to be flat. I don't know. Yeah. So... That doesn't mean that the they blew the coats out. <laughs> it wasn't like, yeah. Well, it's just that like it, this new book that's out. Mike Florio, I think, is his name. He's a oh, sort of oh. a long time. See, once you say him, it's like okay. Well, he's basically just saying that that he's a he's a kind of a snaky dude, man. Yeah, but I mean, he's found evidence that the NFL has you know throughout that Deflate Gate scandal destroyed a lot of the evidence as they did with a lot of other stuff. Yeah, and I think I have. When I started to sort of learn more about Deflate Gate and some of the questions that were being kind of risen as to if this was a real scandal or not, to me it sort of for a long time felt like um, a reaction to how they fucked up the Spygate scandal. You know what mm, I mean? Because yeah. they did such a bad job with that, and so they kind of overcompensated with Deflate Gate. Okay, so yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we fucked up. We didn't punish them enough for this, so let's punish them for this other thing. Yeah, almost um, like OJ. Right. He got away with murder, so let's take all his, hit him with, in his pockets and take all his memorabilia. Right. I was wondering where you were going with that. Oh, <laughs> you mean the fact that OJ is innocent? It set him up. Glove didn't fit. <laughs> it did not fit. He put it on. He tried to. I saw it. <laughs> I watched the whole trial. <laughs> what a dumb thing. Christopher <laughs> Darden. What are you thinking? Um, the other were you po- mad when OJ got off? Uh, no. I was I was confused because I didn't I don't know I didn't I didn't bring for me I I know that a lot of people had this reaction to that case based on yeah. race I I never really thought about that as I was watching it unravel mm. like it didn't really occur to me um that that had anything to do with it Have you seen Made in America? I, I yes of course I, I was wow. young, I mean yeah. I was in my early 20s at the time Yeah um, so I didn't have my, uh, uh, I wasn't angry that he got off mm-hmm. and I, but I also didn't quite understand why, like how did he get why away? black people were celebrating when he got off. Uh. And I think that actually that case, if I think about it is probably the moment where I started to look at race more closely because I wanted to understand mm. what why was happening and why about this? Yeah. I wanted to get it. And yeah. I wanted to understand it, and I didn't want to bring any of my own like kind of previous baggage to it. I just, mm. I think I was entering into a very like in kind of investigative time in my life uh, because I was questioning just about everything in my life at that time. Early twenties, that's when you do it. Yeah, and I had also recently gone through like a tragedy that that had me sort of questioning everything anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 
I, I had lost one of one of my brothers had passed away, and 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 during that time period, it kind of it drops a bomb on your world, and 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 it made me sort of start to question everything around me, mm. like on the micro and the macro, like the world writ large, but also my own like kind of personal relationships that I had too. So everything was in question at that point in my life. You understand now why people were celebrating? Yes, very uh, much so. Yeah. yeah, I remember I was in a, a school that was, I don't know if I told you this, but I, w- I went to school that was a kind of mixed school. Uh-huh. Well, well, the school was in a black neighborhood, but they had a magnet program because mm-hmm. they wanted to get white kids into the school. You know how that goes. And uh, I was in the magnet program. Uh-huh. So uh, my class was a lot of white kids and it was some black kids and... The teacher pulled the TV into the room. <laughs> Remember that was the TV's on the wheels yeah. on the on the big cart with the big VCR. So they pull it in. He pulls it into the room in my algebra two class and uh, puts it on so we could see the verdict. And when they said the verdict, all the black kids jumped up in celebration, and all the white kids. Uh, and I remember looking around because I was happy, but I still looked around the class. I don't know why, just me being me, I guess. And I saw the division right there, like. Mm. All every white kid was like, "Man, this is bullshit," and every black kid was like, "Yeah, he got off, man. It's just the right thing, man. <laughs> Fuck the police, type of thing." It was it was so uh, it was interesting to me, and I was I was happy. I was part of that crowd that was right. happy that, and I really did believe we had all convinced ourselves in barbershops that he didn't do it. Right. That I mean, he's a, my mom used to say he's a professional football player. He would almost cut her head off. You know, and then mm. now you see it. And yeah, he almost cut her head off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah, he had his bloody finger in his <laughs> when he got taken it. Like, uh, it turned out to be a very interesting. I'm sure, he did it. Everybody, if cultural you're moment yeah. uh, in American history that was, you know, it was it was one of those weird watershed moments that told you yeah. a lot about where we were as a country yep. at that moment. And we haven't come that far. No, we haven't. That, that, I guess that brings us back to the NFL. It where does. Brian and Flores is saying, "Hey, man, they so, t- I've been. I got another angle on this. Go ahead." The other side of this. So we've talked about this already, but we're going to go into this. Uh, the two sides of this lawsuit. One is the, um, you know, the racial discrimination in the head coach hiring process, and then the other side of this, which I think probably is what caused the NFL to release that second statement. I don't think it had anything to do with the fa- with the racial part. I think it's the part about Stephen Ross potentially offering Brian Flores $100,000 for every time he would lose a game so that they could tank and get a better draft pick. This has the NFL absolutely fucking terrified. Yes. Do you believe it's true? Yeah, I believe it's true. <laughs> Same here. I do. And the funny thing was is that Hugh Jackson, former Browns coach, mm-hmm. his story, his his very funny. Like he came out, you know, within twenty four hours, claiming uh, that he was he didn't he was less specific, but he was he was insinuating that he also was paid for their one and thirty one run throughout mm-hmm. 2016, 2017. Well, I was wondering how does he keep his job. Remember that? I yeah. was like, this is a brother. And I thought it was progress. I was like, this dude can be bad at coaching and keep so his job. he drops this bombshell. Yeah. And then, then within a couple of hours, uh, some people start reporting like, uh, well, if that's true, then obviously the Browns owner would be in legal trouble. But Hugh Jackson would also, because Hugh Jackson was, was insinuating that he, unlike Brian Flores, accepted the money. Yeah, he said, I got a good amount. Uh, oh, it was a good amount, right? Isn't that the worst? Exactly. Yeah. But then it's like someone told him like, hey, bro, you could be charged for accepting money to lose games. All of a sudden, Hugh Jackson is saying like, uh, actually, no, no, I didn't do that. That no, no, never happened. Like, So his story has completely changed. That's the hard part about it is can it's a class action lawsuit. Can our 19 other people going to hop on? It has to be people that don't <laughs> plan on coaching in the NFL anymore. Right. It's a tough it's and a tough Brian ask. Flores might end up in the end losing again to this big corporation. It's gonna win again. It fucking sucks, man. You said you had another take on it. What is it? Yeah, man. I mean, there's this thing about the. Uh, it makes it look more incendiary when you look at um, the paying him thing, because he start. This is his first head coach's job. 
you offer him money to lose, right? And if he takes it, he's playing ball, right? He got a five-year contract. Most coaches get a four-year contract. So it's almost like we're saying we'll, we'll judge you on it for the, first, for the, the last four years mm. because the first year we're going to try to lose and get one of these hot-shot quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Flores says, I came here to win. He turns down the money. But if he accepts the money and they lose, right, every mm-hmm. single game, and they go 0-16 or 1-15 or whatever, and uh, and then they get the quarterback, right, mm-hmm. they can fire him and be like, we got the quarterback. Kind of like what happened, uh, who did that happen to? Uh, what's his name? Anthony Lynn. Right. He gets the quarterback. They have a okay year. And then they fire him because they're just like, man, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Mm. But then they've already tainted this dude's record. Right. By paying him to lose, he did what he's supposed to do, and then you could just fire him. Mm. And then other teams could be like, oh, we don't want to. So it looks like you're just you're taking this black guy, making him the scapegoat, and then you go on and, and you've given yourself credit for hiring a minority. You're like, I mean, come on. We just hired a, a brother. You know what I'm saying? Why would, We're not a racist team. Right. But what you did was just. You tore down this person's career, right? This black person's career, who can't do like uh, Josh McDaniels and get another shot, mm. possibly. Or we haven't seen somebody get another shot. When has a shitty black coach been rehired? That that's that's a great point because you know it's not Hugh like Jackson ain't getting hired. There, no, of course not. Uh, there have obviously been white coaches who have had terrible seasons. Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, it's, I guess it's hard to point at something that's like a smoking gun, but it does seem to be the case that it's a hell of a lot more difficult for a black coach to get a second chance. I can't think of one that, had, that was, uh, had a bad record, but I could think of a lot that had a good record and, and can't get another job. Yeah. Like Levy Smith was, I, I know a lot, I could name a few black coaches that were fired after winning seasons. Mm. But I can't think of any white coaches fired after winning season, unless they are. I could think of some that stepped down. I mean, I think, I'm, I'm sure there are some. I think in some ways, you know, the hiring of Josh McDaniels for the Raiders is like, how the fuck is this guy? I mean, he fucking, like especially he, the whole thing of like a the fiasco that he created in Denver, mm-hmm. and then walking the thing is walking yeah. out on a handshake deal the night before yeah. you're going to be announced as the head coach it's like that's the one can you really imagine any black coach ever being hired again after Hell doing no. something like that they would take it so personally like who does this n-word think he is you know what i'm saying maybe they won't of course they won't say that because it was, you know but <laughs> you know what i'm saying like they'll be like who you think you are you think you're better than me you're gonna turn you're gonna embarrass me like this it's crazy to be a coordinator fuck you and then no team will hire that person they would be blackballed. Here's the uh, here's the tricky part uh, that we've we've talked about this before. Um, you know, do, I, I do think, at the very least, from a PR perspective, um, whether they actually care about race or not, this is obviously a bad look for the NFL. And fixing it would be better than having it continue the way that it is. Yeah. But the big issue here is that. The NFL, while they may have some influence over the 32 people who own these teams, they can really only set guidelines. They can't yeah. force them to do anything. Right. Am I right? If there's a way for them to get some power away from these guys, then they should. Because, as you said, it's a bad look for the NFL. It's a PR disaster for the NFL. But these teams can do whatever the fuck they want to do. And, and it's... The shield that they try to protect so much is protecting these 32 dudes. There's or a, 31 dudes and, and one lady. There was an interesting article that I stumbled onto on uh, PFT. That's uh, Florio's thing, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, this is him writing it, actually. Suggesting that corporate ownership may be the only way to fix certain issues with NFL teams. Corporate ownership? Yeah. I guess yeah, because the corporate yeah, because if uh, McDonald's the McDonald's Rams or whatever, he would, argues. Uh, yeah. Here's the the gist of his argument. They I'll gotta read be the, more PC. I read the first paragraph. He says the NFL consists of 32 businesses operating operating under the big shield. Mm-hmm. One is a corporation. 
The other 31 are basically monarchs purchased uh, monarchies purchased by oligarchs. Yep. The NFL can nudge, prod, advise these American oligarchs to do better, to do something other than what they want to do, but no one can make them do anything other than what they want to do. It's one of the privileges of being a multi-billionaire surrounded by an army of sycophants. So true. Damn, I didn't think I'd agree with Florio, but he's right. He's spot on right there. And I don't see a way out of it either, though. Unless... USFL takes off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no competition for the NFL. Speaking of monarchs and oligarchs, we got a monopoly here, mm. pretty much, mm-hmm. on professional football. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or. Now you're, now you're talking like USFL Trump over here. Or, uh, <laughs> or the players actually sacrificing a, a, a couple years and striking or something like that. That has also come up this past week. That's the only thing that can happen, man. Or coaches, but these coaches, you know what I mean? They're not gonna, coaches makes more sense to strike mm. or to, to make a stand or make demands because the coaches are the ones that can that can do their job until they're seventy five years old or whatever. You sure. Know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean I don't see it happening. Like Bill Belichick could speak up. He could speak up. He just did. What he wrote the wrong text message. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could come out and somebody, some coach could come out in defense of Flores. Because mm. we all know it's a problem in the league. Mm. We know damn well that it, he didn't make that shit up about getting offered 100000 And the fact that he turned it down says a lot about him. Yeah. And yep. it's crazy that he doesn't have a job. That nobody thought he was the best of the the nine coaches. I have a question. Openings. Do you see, do you see the Brian Flores uh, situation playing out in the same way that the Colin, uh, Colin Kaepernick situation played out, like Where's a like a out? complete black ball iced out? Nah, I don't think so. That that'd be another really really bad look for them. I mean, he can't be kept off. If he doesn't get a job as a defensive coordinator or as a special team coach, you know what I mean? That'll be weird. Mm. But he might not want those jobs. I actually think that the Flores situation is going to be he's it's going to be harder to ice him out yes. simply because so he can be, you know when Ka- when when Kaepernick got iced out you know the idea, like when when the narrative started to switch, especially last year during the when the Black Lives Matter movement um, started picking up steam. That was twenty twenty. Oh God, really? Yeah, man. Fuck, bro. Time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So at that point, you know, the argument of like, you know, people were kind of hoping that maybe Kaepernick would would come back into the league, but as an athlete. Obviously, yeah. you know, the argument of like he's been away from the game for too long. But you can't really say that about a coach. All right, exactly. You know uh, what I mean? Young. So that's why I think it's actually going to be harder to blackball Flores from the league. It's going to be harder, and his name's going to come up every time an opening comes up. I would have liked to have seen him wind up. I don't know. I, I have a the Raiders, in my opinion, instead of this jackass that they hired from yeah. the Patriots, would have been a great spot for Flores a, they've got a good defense. B, and I guess to me, I guess is most important to the argument I'm trying to make is that the Raiders have a long documented history of do, being on the right side of history when it comes to um, you know racial hires and mm-hmm. hiring Art minorities. Shell. Yeah, um, Art the first one, right? Yeah, and um, oh, I guess there was one way back before it was NFL. Yeah, but Al, Al Davis was one of these guys who was kind of on the forefront of... Raiders had the first black quarterback, right? Yeah, the first black quarterback. Vince Evans? Um, they also had... They, they just... Black uniform? They did it different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he had a different way of going yeah. about it. and He gone, though. He is gone. Um, but it's... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. At this point... Um, Theoretically, all nine empty head coaching positions have been filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one that technically has not been filled is the Vikings. 
But the rumor is that offensive coordinator from the Rams, Kevin O'Connell, will be taking that job, but you just can't make it official until after the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, so the Bears have Matt Eberflus. Broncos have Nathaniel Hackett. The Dolphins have this Mike McDaniel. McDaniel yep. Giants got Dayball. Jags got Peterson. Raiders got McDaniels. Saints got their DC. And another thing that uh, the Dolphins did was muddied uh, Flores' reputation on the way out. You don't see that as much as you see. I've saw. At least I have. I don't remember. To me, that was the biggest red flag. Yeah. And this was way before the lawsuit hit. Yeah. Because when a first of all, when you fire a coach who had back to back winning seasons, that's a little like what's going on here. And then on his way out the door. He's suddenly the angry young black man who is it's a narrative. difficult to work with. And we yeah. had this conversation about difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, if everything in the reports are true, he's essentially proven the point that we were trying to make last week, where I said, you know, maybe it's that he's not difficult to work with. He's just difficult to manipulate. Yeah. You know? And it, what really winds up being the true narrative is that the guy has too much integrity to soil the game by taking money to lose. Yeah, and the way they treated him on the way out, that said a lot. It did, and it might. To me, have that's about like to me that that's about as racist as everything else. Yep, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a shame, man, and it makes me not want to root for my team anymore. I, I, I th- I've been thinking about you a lot over the last couple of weeks. Thanks, um, Giff. And you know, you you do put a lot of. Um, you know, as a fan of a particular team, you, you there's a certain like kind of irrational nature to being a fan of of any sports team. Yeah, right. You, you a lot of us are born into our fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of in those who aren't, you know, the cho- we make a choice at some point based on whatever factor it is, whether it's a player or or something like that. But then you know, and then something like this happens, and it's like how. It's some somewhere along the line there has to be some sort of a breaking point between the way your team behaves and and whether or not you choose to be a fan of that team. We had this conversation with the Deshaun Watson thing. Mm-hmm. Like could that test someone's faith in their team? I know I would have a hard time rooting for the Falcons if they if it turns out that that, that Deshaun Watson is guilty and then you bring this guy in to be your quarterback. It's like, man, how this feels gross. You know yeah, then I mean? you have the whole thing the Steelers fans had to go through. Yeah. Where you're like, damn, am I rooting for like a a a, a bad person, like a real like a bad human? Is my, the leader of my team? Like, am I? I mean, I think you obviously you have a lot of fans for the Washington football team who are going through this, yeah. having to deal with their owner being such a. And this- the NFL has to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? We can't get Russell Wilson's out here. Mm. That everybody just thinks are wholesome and fun and just love the game. And, you know, we can't get more Tom Brady's. It's got to suck. But I don't feel bad for them either. No. <laughs> NFL is, you know, with this, uh, <laughs> who got called out for their posturing during the whole Black Lives Matter thing by Brian Flores. Wait, you know, there's the just Dolphins. so, there's so many stories that, ca- like, despite their, their ability or, or their attempt, to sort of wrestle the narrative and make themselves seem like they care. There's so many stories that pop up along the way that that run counter to that that what what is essentially a PR effort. I mean, the thing that I can't stop thinking about is a story that most people have already kind of forgotten about too. Is this one where where they were giving out settlements to players who suffered concussions and they were giving less money. Or they were lowering the bar yeah. because they were assuming that oh, black people weren't as smart. Yeah. Like to me, that's like if I if that's not an example of institutional racism, I don't know what is. Like it's literally institutionalized. It's built into the whole payout structure. This assumption that black people are dumber than white people, so the damage yeah. has to be more in order for them to get the same amount of money. That to me is insane. And using it up until 2019 or whatever it was. Until somebody pointed it out. And they were forced to go, oh, oops. Our bad. Oh, you know what? Yeah, actually. That's not good. Yeah. It's like you knew that wasn't good from the beginning, but you let some fucking lawyer convince you that you could save money because, of course, the league is 75% black. So, of course, you're going to have more 
settlement payouts to black people just based on the numbers. But then they say 75% black league. It's not weird that only, you know, one of 32 of the coaches now three, 32, no, four of the 32 coaches are minorities, right? Ron Rivera is still a coach, right? Correct. So it's four minority coaches out of, with 75% of the league is black. Mm. And it's like, oh, I don't know what it is, man. Bad interview. Eric B. Enemy been the top, the top offensive coordinator, which goes against the whole thing of, well, defensive coordinators are the black guys. Normally, black guys are on the defense side of the ball, but the NFL's an offensive league now. So that's why we're taking offensive coaches. The best offensive coordinator mm-hmm. can't get a job. Yeah, you got you got Flores, you got Bienemy, Byron Leftwich is one of the guys who had a lot of interviews in this cycle, didn't get tapped. Caldwell, uh, somehow. Raheem Morris, yeah. uh, defensive coordinator for former the Former head coach. Former head coach. Caldwell, former head coach. Yep. Fired after winning seasons. Exactly, with the Lions. Lovey Smith was fired after winning seasons. Yep. We don't want Tony Dungy had to break the, the glass ceiling. To finally get win the Super Bowl, <laughs> I remember that the, the the big talk leading into that Super Bowl was, oh, we're gonna have a, a black coach for the first time win because it was Smith versus uh, Dungey yeah. versus Dungey, and Smith was fired a couple years later after a ten and six season. Mm. It's uh, insane, man. It's a problem, and uh, it's just, it's disgusting. It makes me not want to root for the league. It makes me not want to root for my team. It's, a, it's such a beautiful sport that it really sucks that as a fan. I could find out <laughs> that I spent money on merch mm. and that money potentially could have gone to the owner paying to fuck my Sunday up. Yep. That's <laughs> annoying. Like I'm giving you money and you're using some of the money I'm giving you to make my Sunday suck. It may, I, I'm, I'm rooting for this team and you're paying somebody to try to, you're trying to pay my coach to lose so then you could later sabotage my coach that I believe in. I think if I were, if this was me, I would say from my own perspective, if this was me, if this was the Falcons, this would be my breaking point. Mm. I, I would have to, like you, you sat next to me and watched my anxiety about going to the London game. Yeah. Like I was so like, cause I mean, it's, it's a pretty hefty, uh, you know, investment into something that's like totally unnecessary for me to get on a plane and fly to London yeah, with point. my kids yeah. uh, during a pandemic, during a pandemic, yeah. all these extra costs. Yep. Uh, and, and you remember I was saying like, fuck man, if, if we go all the way over there and these, and the Falcons lose to the jets, I'm going to feel so bummed. And if I found out furthermore down the line that my owner was paying my coach to lose that game. Yeah. I'd be like, you mother... I, bought, I literally bought the most... Ex- that's That would be the most expensive Falcons ticket of the year. Because it's not like going to see them at home is that expensive. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like you shell out all this cash yep. to go see this squad. And the owner's paying the coach to lose. It's fucked up, man. Finished. I'd be done. I wouldn't be a Saints fan, but, you know... <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be some yeah. other. I don't know who I would pick. But. That's the thing, man. I might have to find a team, man. I'm really not sold on still being a Dolphins fan after this. It's hard, too, man. Cause. I had a process that I went through when, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, uh, I, I was watching hockey from when I was very young age, and we had the Atlanta Flames, and they left town. They moved to Calgary. And I went into this phase of sort of hockey limbo where I was like, I don't even know who to root for anymore. Uh, and gradually, I just started focusing mostly on players. Mm. Like, I became fan, a fan of, like, certain players. That's easier in hockey, though. Yeah, and then those players, I would follow those players where they would go. Mm. So, you know, eventually I wound up settling as a New York Rangers fan because I, I liked Mark Messier so much. And he, mm. he was with the Oilers, and then he went to the Rangers. Uh, eventually, I decided that I'd start rooting for the Calgary Flames. I was like, fuck it. You know what? That's my original team. I'll... I'll keep my eye on them, but ultimately, I don't really care what happens to them. Mm. You know what I mean? It'll be hard for me to find a team I'm that passionate about. You know my origin story. I know yeah. of uh, the uh, performer for the owner's wife getting all of this gear. Go back to the Bears. It might be what I do, <laughs> man. <laughs> Go from black GM to black GM. Uh huh. Yeah. 
I don't know. I was hoping that uh, I was really considering that if Flores got hired, I would root for that team. Mm. Then they were like, it was going to be the Saints, so that'd be fun if I was rooting for the Saints and sitting next to you every week. But uh, he's not going to get hired, and it feels like he might get the initial black ball until they feel like, okay, he served his time. Yeah, that could happen. But I'm glad he uh, really is standing up for what he believes in. This is another. It's more proof of his integrity. I agree. I, I'm with him for this fight. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. This is going to be a huge off-season story. Uh, we've got the Deshaun Watson trial, yeah. which will also is scheduled to happen shortly after the Super Bowl, so that's going to be a story. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a somewhat juicy off-season yeah. this year. Uh, and who knows? Yeah. DeAndre Baker, he's still out there doing shit. Maybe he'll, he'll give us something to talk about, too. <laughs> i got a Madden tournament coming up. So <laughs> I sent him an invite. We'll see. He shows up to like a Madden tournament. Everyone just like runs out of the room like, <laughs> ah! All right. We'll we'll be back to talk about the Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl week. Yeah. And I get that, you know, some people are going to be annoyed when they tune in to listen to this, but, you know, whatever. This is important to us. Uh, Always has been. If you've been listening to us from the beginning, it shouldn't surprise you that we spend a whole episode talking about race. Um, We've done this many times before. Um, In the next episode, Obviously, we can get into the Super Bowl. Um, I've got a few little goodies lined up for the next episode. I, I'd kind of like to spend a little time talking about some former Super Bowl scandals, Ooh. which I've been uh, researching a little bit. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? We have the results. Uh, you know, when at the beginning of the year, Jonathan and I sat down and predicted accurately. Uh, well, we, we <laughs> separate from our bet. We did a prediction on who would win the various uh, divisions, um, who would get the wild card spots, who would be in the AFC and NFC championship games, and who was going to make it to the Super Bowl. And we can go through those to see just how right or wrong we were. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. I, I don't remember it, either of us picking the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl, so nah. we're definitely wrong on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was a shock to everybody. Nobody picked them before. Um, and... And yeah, I guess we will, you know, preview the game a bit. Yeah, and be fun. Uh, get into it. So know? we'll be back to talk about the actual game, and then uh, yeah, this off season's gonna be fun, man. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all for checking it out, staying with us throughout this, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll update everybody in the off season who my team is if it's not gonna be the Dolphins again. Oh, you can join that pick a fucking team guy. Oh, he left the Dolphins. He seems to have gravitated to the Bengals. Am I wrong? Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta be kidding. (laughs) On that note, man. (sighs) It's been Jonathan Rollins. Give me Sara. Later, y'all. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.